Good morning. Today is Monday, November 9th, 2020. I want to share with you something that comes from the Chavetz Chaim, Rabbi Yisrael Meir Kagan of Radin, in this week's Parsha. So, this week's Parsha is a rather long portion, as you will notice this coming Shabbos, if you're in Shul or if you're learning the Parsha. It's the Parsha of Chayisara. First, we learn about the death of Sarah and her burial. And the main, the most lengthy part of the Parsha has to do with Avraham wanting to find a shidduch, a match for his son Yitzchak. And he sends his trusted servant Eliezer to go back to his family's home, which is far away. And we know the story, Eliezer eventually finds this young woman, Rivka, and brings her back, and Rivka and Yitzchak marry. And that's the main part of the Parsha. There is something about the structure of our Parsha that is so um, bizarre, curious, and that is the Torah tells us about Avraham instructing Eliezer for this task. And it's not so straightforward because he's got to go to a specific place and to a specific family and to see if there's someone there who is willing to come back. And remember, that person, that woman, has to leave her family, probably will never see them again, and go on this journey to come marry someone who she's never met before, who she's never heard of. And there are conditions it's got to be from that place, from that family. But what happens if she doesn't want to come? What's the plan B? What's the alternative? So it's a little bit complicated. And Avraham gives these instructions to his servant Eliezer. Then the Torah tells us that Eliezer travels. He goes to the place of Avraham's family far away. He finds the family. He finds this young woman. And he comes into her home. And he tells the whole story of who he is, why he's there, what he's, what he's there for, what is his mission. Now, the simple way to do it would be to say, Eliezer came into Rivka's family's home and he told them the whole story. And then we can go on with the next part. Either she'll agree or she won't agree. We know that she agrees. But that's not what the Torah does. The Torah spends an inordinately long amount of text where Eliezer repeats almost verbatim everything that Avram told him. Eliezer tells the whole story over again. We just read the whole story. The whole instruction, which is paragraphs and paragraphs, very lengthy. And the Torah repeats the whole thing. And all of our commentators point out there are so many parts of the Torah that are so brief, that are almost cryptic. The laws of Shabbos. Shabbos are told to us in just a brief couple of verses of Psukim, and we don't know any of the details within the text of the Torah itself. The laws of keeping kosher, very brief. So, our sages give the following answer. Our sages say that the sicha, 
the everyday conversation of our patriarchs and our matriarchs is more valuable to us than the mitzvahs of the Torah themselves. Okay, so to hear Avraham's conversation is worth it to repeat the whole thing over again, even more worthwhile than to, let's say, spell out some of the mitzvahs that are the main parts of the Torah. That's the traditional answer that's given. But that answer is very, very difficult to understand for two reasons. Number one, how can there be anything as important or holy as the mitzvahs of the Torah, the commandments of the Torah, to keep Shabbos, to keep kosher? How can there be anything that is as important as the Torah teaching us those commandments? To give tzedakah, to treat, to, to tell the truth, etc., etc. And even if it's true, why is it this narrative that is told to us at great length two times? Once when Avram says it and the second time when Eliezer retells it? Why this narrative? Can you imagine? We just had last week, last Shabbos, the narrative of the Akedah, the binding of Isaac. One of the most difficult passages to understand. And it's difficult because it's so cryptic, it's so brief. We don't know what is Avraham thinking? What is Yitzchak thinking? Wouldn't it have been amazing? The Torah tells us that Avraham and Yitzchak walked together for three days until they got to the place of the, of the binding of Isaac, uh, uh, the place of the Akedah. Wouldn't it have been amazing for the Torah to tell us some of what they talked about? Some of the conversation that went back and forth? But no, specifically this conversation is repeated to us at great length. Why is that? So here's the answer given by the Chavetz Chaim. It's an amazing answer. You know, if you have a child or a grandchild that is searching for a mate, a shidduch, so we daven for them, we pray for them, that they should find the right person that will lead to a happy marriage. Within our tradition, everybody prays that their child, their grandchild, that they should have a good shidduch. Even if it's not my own child, if there's someone I care about, I'm trying to help find a mate, we pray for them. Yes, of course, we make the phone calls, we do the other things, but we also pray to Hashem. What if you have a person, I'll just give the example of a young man, just as an example, same thing a young woman, but let's say a young man. You have a young man, and he is handsome, and he is beautiful, and he is accomplished, and he is wealthy, and he comes from a great family. He has every single positive on his side. Perfect personality traits, and everything good that you could want to say about this person, he's got it all. Well, you'll still pray that he has a, great sh a good shidduch, he finds a good mate, but <laughs> the prayer is not exactly going to be the same with the same intensity, or I would say the same desperation. If you have, let's say, a young man, he's not exactly the smartest, he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer. He doesn't come from such a wealthy family. He doesn't have such beautifully refined personality traits. Okay, you listen, 
Everyone has to get married. I mean, not everybody gets married, but everybody's looking. All right, he's not exactly the top of the pick. The kind of davening you're going to do is going to be very different. Yitzchak came from the best family, the best personality traits, a wealthy family, accomplished. He had everything going for him. Listen to this Pasuk. Eliezer, the servant of Avram, was sent on this journey to find a shidduch for his master's son, for Yitzchak. As he's about to begin, the Torah tells us as follows. Vayomar, and he said, Eliezer said, just before he encountered Rivka at the well, Hashem Elokei Adoni Avram, God, the God of my master Avraham, Hakreina Lefanai Hayom, allow me to be successful today. And please perform an act of kindness for my master of Avram to allow me to successfully find a proper wife for Yitzchak. Now, you know, something very important to keep in mind. We study Torah, we study the words, we read the words. In Shul, we don't read the words, we sing the words. And we sing them with the notes. We call the notes the trup. That's a Yiddish word. We sing them according to the trup. The notes of the trup are supposed to provide the emotion. You know, when you read a text, it's flat. You don't hear the emotion of the words unless you read them aloud. Then you can hear the emotion. This Pusik has something very, very unique. It occurs only a, a handful of times in the entire Torah. It is one of the notes. It's called Shalsheles. And it is a very elaborate note. Here's what it sounds like. Vayomar <coughs> Hashem you hear that? It's this convoluted, ongoing, up and down sound that accompanies that word where Eliezer is beginning his prayer to Hashem that he should find a shidduch for Yitzchak. There are several different interpretations about what that unusual sound, as I said, it only occurs a handful of times, what that sound means to tell us says the Chavetz Chaim, it means to tell us that Eliezer said the following words with great kavana, with great concentration and energy and consciousness and awareness. Now listen to what the Chavetz Chaim says. This in itself is more valuable than the Torah. That is, to realize that everything that we have comes from God. Especially when we think that we have it on our own strength. 
Eliezer had every right to think that as he was going about this task, he had everything on his side to find the right person. He had the perfect specimen of a young man at home that he was bringing this young woman to meet. And he could have said, okay, listen, I'm going to pray because Avram taught me to pray, but what do I really have to pray? Everything is going to work out okay. But no, Eliezer prays with the greatest intensity, with the greatest significance, because Eliezer understands that no matter how much he thinks it is coming because of their own strength, it's really coming because God provides it. And the truth is, every mitzvah really has that as its goal. Every mitzvah in its own way, in some way, is teaching us that what we have comes from God. The food that we have comes from God. Our peace of mind comes from God. Everything comes from God. Eliezer telling this story over in great detail is his acknowledgement. And the Torah finds it worthwhile to spend all of this space in giving us this text in order to remind us of this lesson. Everything that we have comes from God. My friends, I wish you a great day. I look forward to seeing you all in soon, in person. Let's remember, everything that we have, even when we have it on the basis of our own strength, it comes from God. That's where it comes from. Have a great day.